Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffBeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. It's Monday, so this is an archive show. First published as a newspaper column sometime in the last 10 years. Thanks for downloading, and I hope you enjoy the show. This story was first published on November 27th of 2016, under the headline, Prohibition Liquor Raid Near Albany Went Horribly Wrong. Here we go. On a broad, flat stretch of the Willamette Valley floor, just across the freeway from the town of Shedd, lies a little cluster of buildings and a Mennonite church, all that remains of the little town of Plainview, Oregon. This tiny bucolic hamlet was, 95 years ago, the scene of a pair of murders that are still talked about in West Lynn County today, the result of a prohibition liquor raid gone horribly wrong. They've become known as the Plainview Killings, the full story of the Plainview killings can be found in Corey Fry's book, Murder in Lane County, Oregon, History Press, 2016, but here are the basic bones of the story. It started out as a minor liquor raid on a rural farm, very similar to a thousand other prohibition enforcement operations in rural Oregon in the 1920s. What made this one different, other than the final outcome, of course, was the fact that the preacher from the local Christian church came along. No one really knows anymore why Sheriff Charles Kendall brought a temperance preacher with him that day, but it's possible, maybe even likely, that doing so cost him his life, as well as the minister's. The farmer's name was Dave West, and he was one of those prickly individualistic mountain man types, originally from rural Indiana. West had lived on a 40-acre farm near the tiny hamlet of Plainview for 11 years. He was in his late 60s, but still just as prickly as ever, and just as good a shot, too. His skills as a sharpshooter were locally famous. Until that day in 1922, West's nearest brush with the local criminal justice system had been prosecution for poaching. In general, he minded his own business and expected others to mind theirs, occasionally enforcing this preference with a pair of calloused, farm-hardened fists. But part of the business Dave West minded had always been a small still, located in the woodshed. There he produced small quantities of high-test grain alcohol which he used for drinking and for making a home-remedy liniment for rheumatism. Of course, after bone-dry prohibition passed in Oregon in 1915, he'd only admit to using his moonshine for the liniment, but nobody was really fooled. Still, even after it was patently illegal, Dave West continued to run his still, more or less openly. His position was that since he was making just enough for his own personal use and it never left his property, it was none of anybody's business what he did in his own barn. And Sheriff Kendall seems to have agreed with that sentiment at first. Certainly he must have known about the little still for months, maybe even years before he ever did anything about it. But on the afternoon of June 21, 1922, Kendall was on his way to the West Farm to finally enforce the law. And he'd brought the pastor of the First Christian Church, Reverend Roy Healy. Why he did that is still a little controversial today. The Albany Democrat Herald later said that Healy was doing research for a book he was writing on liquor law enforcement. Another theory was that the sheriff had only launched the raid with some reluctance in response to a complaint lodged by the reverend, 
and that the Reverend had then insisted on accompanying him to make sure it got done and that Sheriff Kendall wasn't tempted to look the other way or pretend West wasn't home or let him off with a stern warning rather than making an example of him for the righteous. In any case, it seems pretty clear that Dave West took it badly. He seems to have assumed that Healy was there to gloat over his downfall, and for a man of West's temperament, that sort of thing was simply not to be born. According to the recollections of West's wife, Ellen, Kendall and Healy arrived around 3 p.m. West was outside working, and his nephew's family was also there to help with haying season. Sheriff Kendall asked Ellen West if there might be any alcohol in the house, and she went and fetched a bottle of the family recipe rheumatism liniment. No, no, he replied. He was looking for drinking liquor. At that point, Dave West entered the house, and the conversation started to become heated. West, thinking Kendall and Healy were interrogating his wife, started out upset and only got more so. Accounts of the conversation that followed vary, with some sources saying the sheriff delivered a stern lecture and others claiming he apologetically told West he'd have to be booked on charges in Albany and offered to bring him back home afterward. Then the sheriff and the minister stepped outside and made their way to the woodshed to dismantle the still. They left behind an increasingly agitated Dave West. West grew angrier and angrier until, with a shout of, I can't stand it, he grabbed his Remington 32 rifle and, over Ellen's objections, stormed out of the house. Outside, he saw the two men emerging from the shed. Kendall was carrying two bottles of moonshine, which he set down by the gate. West shouldered the rifle and shot him through the heart. The Reverend Healy ran for the road, screaming for someone to call the police. From his place of concealment, West watched him and, when the coast was clear, shot him too. After that, West sent for his nephew, who was away at a neighbor's house. When he arrived, he was sent forth to bring the coroner and tell what had happened. After that, the Wests tried to have a normal evening, knowing very well that it would be their last. And finally, around 6 p.m., Ellen West left the house to stay with her son, and Dave West took up his rifle and went back to the barn one last time. Meanwhile, back in Albany, a great excitement was brewing. The district attorney was deputizing a posse of eager local residents to go out and bring West in. Someone had slipped the word to the press, and reporters had motored in from Portland, Eugene, and everywhere in between. By 10.30 p.m., a large group of armed men was cautiously closing in around the property. The house was soon searched and proved to be empty and quiet as a tomb. But nobody seems to have expected West to make his final stand there. The barn, near the still, that's where they would find him. Cautiously, they approached. Finally, one of them, a 19-year-old named Alton Williams, slipped up to the door and entered. Walking cautiously through the place, rifle up and ready, he suddenly tripped over something on the floor and went sprawling. And then he saw that what he'd tripped over had been a corpse, still clutching the rifle that had killed him. The third and final victim, if that's the right word, of the day's violence. It was Dave West. Key sources in this story included works by Corey Fry and the Portland Morning Oregonian. That's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. What you've been listening to is one of more than 500 stories originally created and published as newspaper columns in first-run syndication between 2008 and today. You can read them all at offbeatoregon.com. Other Offbeat Oregon goodies include an active Facebook page, a Twitter feed, a ton of historic photos, and a bunch more stuff. Plus a book, including visuals for today's show and full citations to sources. All these things are accessible via our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. 
This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com slash cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.